this is a very impromptu cast. Yeah, kind of, I guess the best way to call this is, this is kind of a semi-sode. It's not really a mini-sode, mm-hmm. but it's not really a full episode. This is, which kind of, I like that. which kind of, which kind of fits what we're doing today. We are discussing, uh, we're discussing a very important event that happened 20 years ago in cinema history. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, because yeah. this is v- very deliberately being timed to be released on the 20th anniversary of the Star Wars Special Edition. Yeah. Uh, um, in my opinion, probably the most important re-release in cinema history. Um, I think so. That was uh, what... No, I was 10 years old, and that was what prompted me... Oh, shit. No, I was 11. Okay. Um, yeah. That's what prompted me to... I have a specific memory of Return of the Jedi playing... Which, I think these were released every six months? Every uh, month. Every month? Oh, okay. So it was yeah. way sooner than that. Um, that I was thinking. Um, Return of the Jedi was playing at the theater. I think uh, um, the other two had already gone by that point. And my dad and I were going to go see a movie. And we were still deciding. He said, hey, you want to see Return of the Jedi? And I had not seen start like any Star Wars up to that point. And I knew about the special editions, and I'm like, well, I kind of wanted to see the original films before I see uh, what they changed. Yeah. So so that was my... Uh, unfortunately, I didn't see any of those in the theater, but uh, that was my introduction to Star Wars. I just jumped right on that. I am very happy to say I saw all three in, in theaters, and uh, oh, I have duck. specific stories about each one. Um Mm-hmm. So let's begin with a lot of background uh, as mm-hmm. to what these are and you know why they matter. Again, it's <laughs> the most important thing to know is these were the 20th anniversary editions because mm-hmm. the first movie came out 20 years or so before this. Right. This was uh, the first movie was released on May 25th, 1977, and they decided to release it in the winter because. It would have been slaughtered otherwise. Yeah, had had they released this movie in the summer, it probably would not have held up against mm-hmm. the competition. Though that, I, I say that. However, I looked at the box office for 1997, and um, the first two movies actually did really, really well at the box office. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, the special edition for Star Wars itself grossed. Over it grossed 138 million dollars to make it the eighth highest grossing movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was. This was a big deal. But something that's really important for people to understand about this movie is that before the special editions, the movies were kind of laying dormant in the culture. They'd had a video re-release the year before that had done well. Yeah, I remember those. The those were the THX re-releases, right? Mm, the THX re-releases, which I have. And they're good. I have. They're good. But mm-hmm. the movies were still just kind of laying dormant. Mm-hmm. You know, other things had supplanted them in the the culture. And for our generation, we knew of the movies in the past, but they weren't really anything that we knew for us. Mm-hmm. And wow, the this when the special edition for Star Wars hit, it was a monster 
moment in pop culture for my friends, mm-hmm. uh, what friends I had in that age. Uh, oh boy, do I have some dark stories um, <laughs> about that age. And I've talked about that before on the cast, and it's in the book. Yeah. Um, it was it was for everybody. It was this mega moment of, wow, this, this is something major. Uh, toy sales shot through the roof. <laughs> now, we need to be clear about what the real purpose of the special editions was. Yeah. Um, it's never really been, a, if, if clearly stated um, or definitively noted, I mean, it may have been, the special editions were a dry run for the prequels. Yes, they were, because... Um, it, you know, it takes them like two or three years to make that. And I, you know, that's something that I kind of had to work out for myself because it's like, wait a minute. If Phantomist came out in 2000, or no, no, 1999. 1999. Yeah. 2009. Uh, and the special editions came out in 1997. That means this was planned. Yeah. This was a, this was a test run. This was a test run. To get Star Wars back in the culture, and it which, could not have succeeded. Which means that in two years, the prequels will be 20 years old. Yes, in two years, the Phantom Menace will be 20 years old. We'll probably cover the prequels at that point. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. If we don't get to them sooner, we'll probably cover them then. Um, but yeah, that's kind of an that that's kind of an amazing thought. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this movie, uh, this re-release was extremely important to getting the the material back in the culture. As I said, it was a monster hit at the box office, uh, 138 million, which is not not chump change, um, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't find any specific numbers, but for an individual re-release, that's probably got to be up there with the highest um, ever. Um, um, and it really, I don't know, It's it was a huge, huge deal. I, I just cannot stress this enough. Uh, toy sales were huge. Uh, book sales shot up. Um, I mean, it really set the, the material on course. And it got our generation excited for Star Wars. Um, yeah. I'd been bubbling it's... under with my fandom for a few months earlier mm-hmm. before I knew the special editions were coming, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but I, this just really was amazing. Yeah, I did not think about, like, you know, since the special editions come out, Star Wars have been has been kind of a constant in the culture since. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I really haven't thought about you know before nineteen ninety seven. It was really that's, very dormant. That's an I interesting mean, point. That's weird. to the point. To the point where I've seen it point out that uh, when Kevin Smith was making all the references in Clerks, mm-hmm. it seemed surprising because it was like, oh, that's kind of a strange thing. <laughs> because um, it was because it's an older reference at that point? Yeah. Huh. But I'm telling you, this absolutely reignited the fandom. Um, <clears throat> and that's really the angle that I want to approach discussing the special editions with because so many people approach them as a travesty. <laughs> as... Uh, dramatic alterations of the movies. Now, mm-hmm. let's just lay this out. Um, all of the movies were affected. Right. Uh, Lucas redid all of the movies. However, he put $10 million into restoring the first movie. 
Yeah. The other movies got <clears> 2.5 million each. Really not much money. Really not much was done to them, frankly. I watched I I watched the uh the beginning blurbs in on those tapes uh so much that I pretty much all these years later have them committed to memory. Um uh, so yeah, that's one of the things that they talk about and like the first one was how much the films had degraded by that point and uh uh how much they restored them so they he the special edition really kind of saved those films mm -hmm. yeah cuz they mm -hmm. i mean if 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 i can make anything clear right now it is that those movies looked better than 90% of the movies that came out in 1997 yeah they looked they uh -huh held their own with the blockbusters of 1997 yeah. and actually really were honestly, now that I think about it, actually the only two movies that came out in 1997 that I think looked, I wouldn't say better, but on that tier mm -hmm. are, uh, we've covered the, the fifth element, which is 20 years old this year. Mm -hmm. And, um, to be, um, now that I think about it, you said that the the THX uh, re-releases were like a couple of years before. Yeah, ninety five. Yeah, that's probably the product of that restoration, actually. Probably, yeah, yeah, almost yeah. certainly it was. Yeah. Well, the special editions did. They 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 benefited from it then because, yes. as I yeah. said, I saw all three movies theatrically. They mm. did not look like movies from an earlier age. Right. As I said, the the only movies I can think of that looked even remotely on that tier were, and there were a lot of special effects films in 1997, as we covered on that cast. Yeah. Uh, for my money, Titanic and the fifth element. Um, yeah. And, and that's it. Um, so let's cover the movies in order. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a new hope or as, a, which I will never, that's never really going to be what I'm going to call it. For me, it's always going to be star Wars. No. Yeah. I, <laughs> My uh, my uh, first film professor Todd Norris told me the story of uh, uh, his story of going to see it as a kid, and you know, yeah, it just it originally just ran with you know, you know, not not episode four, but it just said Star Wars, and then the crawl, yeah, and then uh, and then later in the run, uh, they added episode four, A New Hope. And uh, that generation was extremely confused by that. Mm. So now, even though it's even though, of course, the generation that's coming up now completely understands it because they have episodes one through three. Right. So let's begin with the New Hope. Um, mm -hmm. The alterations that were made to it were the most dramatic. Um, mm -hmm. Things like the approach to the Death Star is much bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, the Death Star's explosion is much bigger. Oh yeah. Um, this... When they arrive at Moss Eisley, it's there's a lot more going on there. There's a lot more going on throughout the movie. Yeah, the special edition explosion ring had uh, become sort of a meme in uh, uh, the parody culture. It looks great. I mean, it it, does. honestly, all of those changes that I just listed look mm -hmm. great and flesh out the film. Yeah. Though the though really the the best special effects in the film are still the ones that were present in 1977. Right. Which they uh, improve upon, like uh, uh, they talk about the fact that uh, Luke's speeder, like you could see they kind of they kind of fudge out the wheels with Vaseline on the lens, and they also have 
there's like an orange blob under it as a result. Yeah. And they take that away so it looks seamless. Yeah, it really, it's a much cleaner looking movie. It's a <clears throat> much cleaner looking movie. Um, yeah. Then, of course, there's uh, the infamous changes. Uh, the Jabba the Hutt scene, which is added in, which is mm-hmm. pretty obvious CGI. Yes. I mean, they've, now, to be... since they've uh, you know been updating them, uh, he looks a lot better, but yes. He's CGI. Yeah. Let's explain what happened with that scene for those that don't know. The plan was that they were going to shoot Jabba in, um, you know, they'd, they'd always shot the scene with an actor. And the idea was that they would then replace him with something later on in special effects. Mm-hmm. That proved cost prohibitive. And the scene got cut. The scene had existed for years in a documentary beforehand. Hmm. So, so it was out there. You could have seen it with the actor standing in place. And I have... Uh, it's on a documentary that my dad got me actually. So, so the scene itself, of course, is perfectly great. Uh, there's nothing bad to say about it. Um, yeah. It uh, it's even in the uh, it's even in the Marvel adaptation. Though Jabba the Hutt, Hutt looks nothing like he looks. Yeah, I think ultimately. I I think I remember hearing something about that. Like he's not a giant slug. He's he's weird. Yeah, it's different. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it is different. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay, this scene definitely kind of it also kind of fumbles the pacing a little bit, mm-hmm. but but I don't it, really it mind does. it. I I don't know. I've kind of grown a little hard on the the Java scene because it's information that we already have. Yeah, it is information that we already have, and also, uh. And also, it kind of... Ooh, train. <laughs> yep. Um, For those that don't know, I live directly by train tracks, so yeah. that's what that is. Yeah. But you're right. It is, it, is wrong, information, but... it is information that we know. And it's also... Um, like, he's supposed to be... Like, part from what I got from the Greedo seed is... Um, <clears throat> for one, that establishes him as a badass Hanshot first... Uh, mm, we're gonna get to that scene. We're not. Don't think we were gonna overlook that. Oh, scene. I know. Yeah, and uh, and also it kind of establishes the hurry that Han is in to get off planet. So if he has a scene with Jabba where he's saying, where Jabba's saying, "Okay, I'll let you go right now, but you have to pay me very soon," that kind of takes the air out of the tension from that character you are right you are right and that is interesting um yeah i don't know as i said i like the scene in theory but you are right those are some real problems with it come on though let's get to the scene that everybody wants us to talk about though there's no debate to be had (laughs) the reasons for why han being changed it being changed to greedo shooting first Mm -hmm. have varied throughout the years Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard everything from they had to insert it to keep it PG. Please. Which is plausible. I'm going to say that. It's mm. plausible that they that may have been what they did. Still. You mean, to, for, you mean to keep it PG for the theater release? Yes, to keep it PG for the mm. re-release. I'll buy that for the 90s. For the 90s, I'll buy it. Um, yeah. Though I would, though I will remind you that uh, 1997 was the same year that saw a man rather clearly performing oral sex on a woman 
and the movie not getting an NC-17 or an R. <laughs> what movie was that? That was The Fifth Element. Oh, yeah. We talked yeah, there, about that. Yeah, there is that glorious scene, and I'm not being sarcastic in the least, <laughs> where Chris Tucker is clearly going down on a woman, <laughs> and it didn't get an R. I love that. Amazing. Just... This is just, if y'all haven't heard our Fifth Element cast, go back and listen to us foaming at the mouth about a movie that is just as awesome now as it was then. Yes. But yeah, um, so 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 that's plausible, but I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. Um, some of Lucas, Lucas himself seems mixed on it. Some days he seems pro the change, some days he seems con. But what we can all agree on is it's a mistake. Yeah. That is... I guess uh, that that has also changed as they've updated. The very last change, which is the Blu-ray, which I understand is the definitive. Like, they're not... Ch- well, of course, Lucas doesn't have the films anymore, so... Yeah. Um, but uh, the Blu-ray version has them basically shooting at the same time. I'll take that. You know what? Yeah. That I'll take. Yeah. That I will take. Because, yeah. in fact, if anything, that makes the scene better. Yeah. Because it, it establishes that they're both horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It establishes that neither... See, that actually fits. Yeah. That's a good change. Having Greedo shoot first, though, nah. it waters down Han Solo's character. Because let's be clear, Han mm-hmm. Solo is a bad guy. Yeah. He is a drug dealer, a fact that has been established can canonically repeatedly well i guess not canonically now that we've got the you know right. the expanded universe extended universe has been wiped yeah but although the the young han solo story is coming up so that may be reestablished they're probably going to reestablish it i, I have yeah. little doubt that they're going to yeah. let's be clear he's not carrying uh he's not carrying paprika around the uh, universe <laughs> spice is a drug that was explicitly stated in one of the books. Yes. I mean, explicit. Uh, the Han Solo trilogy, by the way, is so good that it's going to make me nervous as to how they can uh, do a new backstory for him. Because hmm. that's really good. That's one of the best tie-in novel sets I've ever read. Um, but, no, Han Solo, he's a gambler. He's a cheater. He's a liar. He's a thug. Mm-hmm. No. No, this is not a good guy. No. However, we like him so much that we ignore it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, Han Han shot first. However, with all this stated, really none of this matters. None of the changes, none of the alterations are what I take away from remembering seeing it. Right. Because what I remember is just basking in the movie itself. Yeah. The movie movie itself could not you know it looked so good on the big screen and mm-hmm. the movie itself is damn near perfect yeah it, it really is just such a a near perfect experience it is it's a modern myth being created before your eyes mm-hmm. i mean this is this is 20th century mythology being created anew, and it is a joy to watch. It is arguably the most perfectly structured film in cinema history, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
the, the the whole structure of each character takes you on to the next part of the story is yeah, which is which is a cool device because it <clears throat> means that you get to meet all these brand new characters mm-hmm. in a way that it's clear it's well done it builds incrementally which i think is something that um um the first awakens kind of did to some extent. It did, it did, yeah. and it did it, w- and it did it very well too. Yeah. So because we're meeting a bunch of new characters, and that's a really good way to introduce new characters. It really is. It really mm-hmm. is. Start small and build upon building upon building. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. So so there's that. Um, other you know really beyond that, I don't have many thoughts beyond that, and. I mean, frankly, this is going to be the majority of the cast, uh, you know, because that is the one that, you know, the most changes were done to. As I said, I saw all three in theaters. That first one I saw at the now demolished and rebuilt theater in Conway, Mm -hmm. uh, i.e. they built a new theater on the ashes of it. Um, And that would be the same theater that I would go see uh, the next uh, four, the next three movies at. Uh, not not in the Star Wars trilogy, but I mean in the the prequels. I saw all three prequels there. Hmm. So nice. so kind of a, so a, a place I, I like. Um, I saw three of the movies I even saw in the same auditorium. Hmm. Uh, only the Phantom Menace I saw in a different one. <clears throat> nice. So I, very I very happy a, memories. I have a sort of shameful secret about my uh, viewing of the original films. Um, which is that I saw Star Wars, I saw the original, I liked it, went back for, went back to the video store for Empire Strikes Back, they did not have Empire Strikes Back, but they did have Return of the Jedi. So, impatient 11-year-old me saw Return of the Jedi right after Star Wars. (laughs) Nice. So, so just imagine 11-year-old me watching Return of the Jedi and going, who, uh... Uh, Java was established. Like, who's this guy? Who's yeah. that guy? What? Mm, <laughs> like, not I've the heard, ideal way, right? I've heard of Yoda, but what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, let's, speaking of Yoda, let's get into Empire because the changes for that one are very minor. A mm-hmm. few shots touched up. Cloud City was touched up. Yeah, but it's really very minor stuff. It, yeah. it really is. They added they added windows to Cloud City. That's about and they and they added the approaching shot. That's about it. Yeah, and they added a, 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 a little <laughs> bit more of the Wampa, but that's really it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my I, I saw Empire at a really you know top of the line theater for 1997 that would be closed approximately four or approximately seven years later. Movie theaters have the lifespans of mayflies when you get right down to it. Yeah. I've noticed that in doing my studies. The average lifespan of a movie theater seems to be about 25 years. Wow. That's... Yeah. That's 25, 30 years at the most. Staggering. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So, so yeah, that theater is now closed. It's now a, uh, it's now a charter school. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so I saw Empire, top of the line, you know, big, you know, looked really good, and I'm going to say my thoughts on Empire. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think it's better than uh, the first movie. I really don't. Hmm. Um, I really don't. And I'll tell you why I don't. Because Empire has a really weak thir- second act, and I don't feel mm-hmm. like anybody ever really calls it out for that. Hmm. I feel like the first and third acts are so brilliant that we kind of ignore how how I much think, they really just kind of kill time. Yeah, I think you might be right because it's it's what is it? Luke. Uh, the first act is Hoth, which first wow. act is uh, is Jesus. Yeah, you're, you're not going to see a lot of better battle sequences. Yeah, ever. <clears throat> oh yeah, every. Uh, I've played a lot of Star Wars video games, like especially the ones where you get to fly around. Uh, hot, like the principal, like the stables, like the thing that they have to put in every single game is, uh, the Death Star battle, of course, and Hoth. Yeah. Yeah. And the, oh God. Yeah. Hoth just looks, it, it is an astonishing sequence. And let me tell you, uh, one of the most satisfying things you can do in a video game is taking down one of those, uh, um, at walkers. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, you have that first act, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you have the third act, which is everything at Cloud City, which is yes. so much drama, so much intensity, so much excitement. Yeah. So many, you know, the revel, the big revelation, um, which, oh, it's which, just, it's which so Which is, cool. of course, uh, the fact that, uh, um, Lando made a deal with Darth Vader. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so why do I think that the second act is so weak? And I know everybody's going to be like, but that's the stuff with Yoda. And yeah, most of the Yoda sequences are great. People forget that the Millennium Falcon scenes are absolutely dead air. Yeah, the asteroids and all that. Yeah, the asteroids getting stuck in the monster. Yeah. It's just a lot of dead air. Yeah. And it doesn't <clears throat> doesn't do much. It really is kind of the franchise spinning its wheels because Luke is off in a different direction while uh, everybody else is off, you know. And that's the thing. Maybe it's worse for me because the most of the stuff on uh, Dagobah is so great. Mm-hmm. However, that dream sequence that he has, that vision sequence that he has... Mm-hmm is another example of something where it's like an editor would have said, don't put this in there. Right. Yes. It's supposed to be foreshadowing the, the, uh, the fact that his father is Darth Vader. That's about all it does. Yeah. It's a a strange, weird sequence that doesn't work. It is. And I think you're right on that, but it's, uh, uh, I think a lot of people ignore that because it's since become like such an iconic thing that people, you know, People parody that scene a lot. Um, yeah. It's, and I'm not saying that Empire is a bad movie. Quite the right. opposite. It's it's oh, yeah. it's an excellent movie, mm-hmm. but it but it does have that real weakness in the third act. That said, Yoda is still a feat of. Uh, you mean the second? Speci- act? Yeah, the second act. Yeah, yeah. Yoda is still amazing. Mm-hmm. So, he is, what more yeah, need be that- said? That puppet. Uh, I I just rewatched uh, the entirety of Star Wars. I do mean the entirety of Star Wars, uh, minus the two Cartoon Network shows. Um, well, 
Okay, part the movies plus Jandy Tartakovsky's uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, which is amazing, by the way. Um, we're going to be covering that soon, so. Yes. <clears throat> Hold your tongue, we're covering that one soon. Yes. Um, but I will just say one thing about that one. Uh, the All the chemistry that is missing from Anakin and Padme's relationship is in the Clone Wars cartoon. We're going to, yeah, we're going to be hitting on that very, very, very five days from, well, six days from now. We're going to be hitting on that. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, um, and, um, yeah, one thing we uh, noted while going through is that, uh, the, you know, Yoda may be CG in the prequels, uh, but his puppet in Empire is, Still incredible, yeah. And and he was, in all fairness, he was CG in the second two prequels, yeah, because he didn't look good because the puppet didn't look good under harsh light. Yeah, they went they went back, and which the prequels are all harsh lighting, yes, because mm-hmm. they're they have to be because they're blue screen, uh, green screen. Um, but uh, yeah, they actually did go back in the Blu-ray uh, re-releases. And replace the Phantom Menace puppet with CG, and he okay. Looked, that was a good move. Yeah, and he does a look. He does look a lot better. That was a good move because that, ugh, yeah, that was that was not pretty. Yeah. Um. Uh, but let's. But but anyway, uh, yeah. Th- there is that, and so yeah. Um. As I said, I saw that one at a top of the line theater, and it, it's it really did look great. Um. Mm-hmm. Then, then there was uh, Jedi. Jedi did have a few more noticeable ones, a few more noticeable alterations. They expanded the song uh, at uh, Jabba's palace, yeah. um, ridiculously. But um, yeah. they added in uh, a few more special effect shots. Uh, and they, and again, that's something that an editor would have said, "Hey, cut that," because yeah. Because Lucas's reasoning for that, and again, this is from the um, from the special edition intro uh, on the VHS, uh, was oh they had this uh, as like her name is Sice Noodles or something like that. Yes, uh, they had this really cheap, ridiculous puppet that they couldn't really do much with, and they had like a small musical sequence, and they wanted to create a bigger musical sequence with that. So they changed the song and did all that. And, uh, and it's like, okay, George, but, um, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it didn't matter. Um, now one of the th- shots they did add in that I really do like is the celebration on Coruscant. That is nice. That That's is a nice. really nice shot. That was our first look at it. Um, was that a special edition thing? They didn't that know. was a special edition. Yeah, that was special edition. Because and that, yeah, I th- it's a really it's a good shot. Yeah, it, it really and it helps unify the prequels with the uh, you know it with does. the second with the uh, original trilogy. And, um, one, and one thing I will also say about the uh, current editions is. Uh, uh, they add another shot with celebration on Naboo, which nice, nice. Yeah, Go on ahead and unify yeah. them. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. for unifying it. Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi itself, I like it. 
I mean, really, I, what more is yeah. there to say? Return of the Jedi, it doesn't have the same weaknesses. No. Uh, it, it doesn't have the same weaknesses of Empire. It, it, it's pretty strong throughout. It is. Um, yeah, they have is, the whole thing on Jabba's. Um, the, it's amazing. Yeah, the, the Sarlacc pit is a lot scarier. Um, and with the beak. Um, and what's after that? They go to Endor, like make friends with the Ewoks. Yeah. Uh, I've never had an issue with the Ewoks, by the way. No. I just really... I just I just think it's kind of silly that it's uh, Wookiee backwards. Yeah, that was a little too obvious, but yeah. I've never had an issue with the Ewoks. Um, yeah, it's 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 all it's all pretty solid. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of you know the final battle is it's a really well done battle. You've got three fronts going, and yeah, and I'm well, I'm sorry, C three PO retelling. The entire story of what's happened to them up to that point is an adorable scene. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. And it establishes really that this series has become mythology at this point. Yeah. So, I, I love him. I, I love Jedi. Now, I will say, I saw it at a crummy theater, which is now a parking lot, I should point out. Aww. A parking lot for a great theater, actually. Oh, oh that's so that's good. Yeah, that's a, that's a good ending for that. Um. Mm-hmm. And it did not, it didn't look great. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a, a good theater. So the sound and picture were pretty bad, Right. but the movie itself holds up. I mean, the movie itself holds up. I'm glad I got to see all three movies in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so just real quick, let's talk a little bit about re- what movies being re-released afterwards, you know, the impact this had on re-releases. You had a few, mm-hmm. you had a few movies get, thrown back into theaters uh greece got a 20th anniversary re-release the next year yeah, i despise i, <laughs> I despise greece and i will eventually get to why never hopefully because i don't ever want to cover that movie on this cast i don't ever want the excuse to talk about it I but understand. i hate greece. i despise greece sexist piece of garbage yeah. hate it yeah all, um, all, all i will have to say on that is the lyric tell me more tell me more did she put up a fight yeah fuck (laughs) all i will say is the ending um but anyway let's let's but yeah let's let's (laughs) but you had a few re-releases here and there but by and large nobody could really recapture the same magic um Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see major scale re-releases again until 2011 when disney re-released the lion king in 3d Ah, uh, yes. pretty good. And you had a brief spate then of 3d re-releases that ran for about two years. Uh, yeah. no, actually that's not true. There was a big 3d re-release back in, uh, 2006 mm-hmm. with, uh, the nightmare before Christmas, but that was kind of an isolated incident. Yeah. And they really, they would, uh, at least for a few years afterward, uh, make that a yearly thing. Yeah. Cause I saw it three times. Yeah. I, I think I did too. And that was oh, also so good. Um, Chicken Little was the first widely released, um, 3D. Yeah. Like, I think Disney outfitted a hundred theaters. Yes. I, I was lucky enough to be close to them, to be close to one of them, which was the, the Glendale 16, which is now the B&B 16 and Lee Summit. Uh, yeah. And, they bought uh, a bunch of theaters. Yeah. 
And yeah, I did I did go see I think I might still have the original Chicken Little Glasses. That movie looks amazing, but the script is garbage. Yeah, it's it's a garbage script. Um yeah. But yeah, um and then you had Toy Story got a 3D re-release for the first two movies, which I mm. uh, which they did as a double feature and I which wish, I did go see. I wish oh, I had looks, seen that. Oh, it looked great. It looked mm. great. Beauty and the Beast got a 3D re-release. And then of course there was which was amazing. And then, of course, there was Jurassic Park, which we've already covered. Oh, yeah, we, we covered, covered that. our third cast. Yeah, on our third cast. Mm-hmm. Why, what, however, I would not say that re-releases are dead. They've changed formats. Mm-hmm. What you're seeing instead of, like, massive scale, you know, five showing a day re-releases is you're seeing the Fathom Events showings. Yeah where they'll put a movie out in theaters and you may only have like two or three screenings, mm-hmm. but you get the people that really want to see it in theaters, seeing it. Cinemark also does their classic series, which mm-hmm. I've gone to several of. Yeah. So wide scale scale. You did also have the Titanic one. I can't forget that one. Cause that one was yeah. pretty successful. You won't, I don't think you're going to ever see massive scale re-releases mostly because yeah. I have some serious doubts about the fate of the theater. In general, um, I have some real serious questions. Hmm. But that said, I I don't know. I think that it'll always stick around in some form. But it's like, going to change. It's changing. Um, yeah. But that said, my thoughts on the Star Wars special editions are this. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the fact we had them. Mm-hmm. They meant something to me. They, I was in a really black place in my life at that point, mm-hmm. and they helped me. Just yeah. the joy of knowing that once a month I could go see them. Uh, for the record, the final box office on the films was 138 million for Star Wars, uh, 67 million for uh, Empire, pretty damn good. Yeah, and then 45 million for Jedi. So yeah. there was clear drop off between the films. Right. In fact, there was about a 50, almost exactly 50 percent for mm. between Star Wars and Empire. Dang. <sighs> I think it was the novelty for the first movie. Yeah. But I'm grateful for the fact that I got to see all three. I think all three are some of the greatest movies um, in the genre ever. And in the mm-hmm. case of the original, one of the greatest movies ever made, period. Yeah. I, it was the birth of something special. And as I said, it got Star Wars alive. Um, now, we're going to be coming back to Star Wars. As I hinted, we're coming back very quickly. Uh, in a future cast, I don't know when it will be, but y'all need to be listen- looking out for this. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover the effluvia of Star Wars. That means that means that we're going to cover the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> we're going to cover Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. We're going to look a little bit at the animated at the Clone Wars animated series. We haven't seen all of it. I've seen several episodes. It's right. really very good. Um, we're going to look at the. We're going to even look a little bit at the expanded universe. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of thoughts on the effluvia of Star Wars. So that's one that we're going to be recording soon. I don't know when y'all will get to see it yeah. or hear it, but right. we're not done with Star Wars this year. And of course, we're going to talk about Rogue One in that cast. Oh, of course. Because we have to. Um, Rogue One was awesome. That's all. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll be getting to why it was awesome. Um, yeah. But it's been... As I said, I just have to stop in this moment and look back 20 years later and say, thanks for being there. Really needed it. It was awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. And is that? Yep. Yep. Till so, next time. Thefilmroom.org. Thank you.